WDBM East Lansing. Bringing you sports from NBA to NHL to NFL and more. But more importantly, bringing you the full rundown on MSU Spartan Sports. We cover it all. Get us on the phone at 432-3893. And now, the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Hey, what's up, everybody? You are listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on the Impact 89 FM. My name is Scott, back here with you. I'm sitting here with Pavel. He's back again. Sitting right to my right. Back, as always, rambling about Rice Kitchen. Exactly. You might have heard that. I had some food earlier. Uh, Phil. Phil is also here. He's joined us once again. Yeah, I took last week off. Had to play some golf on the old Labor Day. Yeah. Practicing for a golf tournament. Called Phil. Hey, you want to come on the show? I can call you from the golf course. Oh, that's great. You get the day off. I was still here working on Labor Day. No problems. No problems. Well... I guess uh, we can get right to it. We're one and one. Won the home opener. MSU football, of course, we're talking about. We played Eastern on Saturday. First time I got to tailgate ever for a home game. I I uh, fulfilled my duties to the band long ago, and now I was free to roam and be an actual student. Must say it was a fun game to watch. 42-10, to 10, Spartans uh, just kind of laid into Eastern Michigan there wasn't supposed to be a competitive game, and it wasn't. We came came away just it's a good confidence booster. Yeah, what a difference a week makes. You get Javon Ringer going on the ground, and it opens up the pass. And you had 11, 11 receptions through the air. Uh, you get B.J. Cunningham going three receptions for 76 yards. Mark Dell, three receptions for 71 yards. And uh, you know what? By the fourth quarter... It really helped us out because we got a lot of young guys in there with, and get them game experience. Yeah. Kirk Cousins was able to make an appearance in the second quarter even. Well, they, Mark D'Antonio and the coaching staff said that it was predetermined that they were going to put Cousins in in the second series in the second quarter. No matter the score, no matter what, they needed to put him in a random situation. They could have been down. They could have been, you know, it was 14-7 at, the, at that time. They put Cousins in, and Cousins actually threw two passes in that series Handed off to Javon Ringer, and they scored a touchdown. So Cousins was really composed. He played very well. I I noticed that he came in, and to the untrained eye, it was you wouldn't have noticed. It was a seamless transition. He went. Cousins went three for four on the day. Had thirty two yards passing. It was very good. He managed the game well, and that's really the most important thing for a quarterback for us. Well, and the thing that stands out to me from Saturday's game is the way our defense played. Way like they. The Eastern coach said this was the most athletic Spartan defense you've seen in a while. We missed two tackles, I think, that gave up, you know, led to the two scores. You know, we don't we make that one tackle at the beginning of the game. That's, you know, let's take it seven points off their ten right there. And, you know, just the way our defensive line controlled the game, Justin Kershaw played absolutely phenomenal up front. Um, you got to give credit to the whole defense. And then the whole thing that D'Antonio said at halftime, it says we're going to keep running the ball, run the ball, run the ball. And, and they did. I think they ran the ball. They only threw the ball, what, 16 times on the day? 15, 16 times, I think. In 16. 16. So and, that, and that's compared to 40. We 48. Did la- yeah, 48 yeah, last 48, week against Cal. So, I mean, if we just keep running the ball, I think we're going to... Well, some people, I'm looking at the state news here, there's a writer arguing that they're using Javon Ringer too much. He's arguing that already. It's the second week. He says that he doesn't like that D'Antonio is using him, making him run so much that he's not used to carrying this much of a load, and, and now that he's returning kicks, come on. He's a running back. He knows that's what he's supposed to do. He he had 34 carries for 135 yards and five touchdowns. Give him the ball as much as possible. And that's a lot of on, on Javon Ringer as well because he insists on getting the ball that much. He wants that workload. He's also returning kickoffs as well. And, you know, I asked him last week, you know, does it really affect you? Does it tie you out for running the offense? He said, you know, at first it did, but he's been working on it all year, all summer, and he's ready for this. He's been waiting for this. There's only, what, 12 games in the season? He yeah. can take it. And like D'Antonio said, he gets to rest for six days out of the week. There you go. 
Exactly. And this he's a senior football player. He wants that ball as much as possible. This is his last season. He's going to prove to NFL scouts the whole year that he belongs in the next level. And he's going to work as hard as he can, whether it be kickoff returns or to be running the ball. He just wants to make the NFL team. He wants yeah. to go on that next level. He just really wants to put the team on his back. And oh, yeah. if if he can give us 138 yards on the ground every game, I think we have a very good chance of winning every single game the rest of the season. Yeah, because that the way some people might not realize how important the running game is, fans out there who just a casual fan. Yeah, against Cal, he ran the ball, didn't have a lot of success. The reason you st- stick with the run is so that the defense doesn't cheat. You can, If you're running the ball up the middle, they have to keep seven guys in the box, eight guys in the box, bring their linebackers forward, bring their safeties up forward. If you are just going to throw the ball, there's no need for those guys to be in there. All they'll have to do is defend the pass. If you keep running the ball and slamming it down their throats, they'll, keep, they'll start defending, going with a bigger lineup. Then you play action fake hit somebody deep down the sideline like a Mark Dell or B.J. Cunningham <laughs> who B.J. Cunningham had a ridiculous catch with uh, I don't know what quarter was that in the third quarter maybe with maybe the second. he got pass interfered like, yeah, it was the third DB quarter was all over quarter. him they were fighting the whole way got knocked down reached up and brought it in and just with one hand. Well, and another thing what the running game does, it sets up those long deep balls. You keep running yeah. the run the ball and, you know, go to play action fake. Oh, wait, that's 35 yards, 40 yards down the field that we can play to pass because they're just playing, you have to play the run. Yeah. The thing that's special about Dell and Cunningham is Brian Hoyer on those long passes last week, they weren't the most perfect passes, but Dell and Cunningham adjusted to the ball. They looked up and saw where it was, and they adjusted and made some terrific yes. catches. They proved how athletic those two are. They Now we just need a third threat, whether that be a tight end, running back. I mean, another receiving threat, not to say Ringer isn't that. And I think um, you know being run happy against Eastern really got us a chance to see Andre Anderson, who yes. had eight carries for 75 yards. You know, A.J. Jimerson was supposed to be the second running back, but he, he got injured. There you go, open door for Andre yep. Anderson. Andre Anderson steps in, and he's really proven that he can be that second guy. If Ringer needs a breather for a couple of downs, he'll go in there and still give you yards. Oh, yeah. If you guys want to get a hold of us out there, you can call in. Our number is 432 That's 3893. You can also IM me, my uh, AOL Instant Messenger. Screen name is Impact Sports Rap. I'm on it right now, talking with Brandon. He couldn't be with us. He's a little too tired. He had a long day of class and work, and he, he decided to walk home through the rain and go sleep. So uh, he's he's offering me a trade on fantasy football that... I will. I will not take. We can. We can talk about that later. Let's uh, talk about college football still some more. The game was good. State won. There are a few, few questions that still left a little unanswered. Our defense was much better. That's for sure. But I'm still scared of our secondary. They didn't. They didn't put that 100% confidence in me. And I don't know. I mean, we still have next week. We have a Florida. Atlantic. Atlantic. I can never Ooh. remember which Florida schools <laughs> are. There's so many little ones. Who they they threw for 325 yards. I mean, last week I came in and said, "Look out for Eastern." They rushed for 400, and we just crushed them. But there's still, if you watch, if you go back and watch the Eastern game, their D or their uh, wideouts were still able to get open on ours. Their quarterback wasn't the best at getting them the ball, but they got behind us at times and. Well, and that's but the thing is, you look at that. Yeah, they did make some catches. They did the receivers did run some good routes, but look at the yards after catch. They didn't hardly have any. Yeah. Our safeties were back. Otis Wiley um, was back there. You know, he actually played free safety. He got there. He got to the ball. He made sure no one got behind him. You know, in the one unlucky cut, our defender falls down. They get a you know wide open touchdown. You know, it's it was unfortunate, but you know, there was no yards after catches. That that's what I looked like. That's what I looked at during the game. There's one thing that bothered me, and that was just on one series when Eastern had two back-to-back plays, one for what, like 38 yards and another for another 32 yards. That first one, that was a running play, um, Blevins just broke to the left side, and the defender in the front on the end right there, our defensive end, he lost contain. I, yeah. I'm not going to say who it was, but he lost contain and it opened up the entire field for Blevins to run. So... 
I mean, that was one little mistake. I think they contained it. The defense overall played solid, but uh, Chris L. Rucker, the cornerback, told me that, you know, it's just the little things they need to just just patch up. Everything else, the, the defense as a whole is looking pretty good. Yeah. They, and that was that's the main worry that this whole season is going to be our DBs. And aside from the D-line, the D-line, they've played a solid six quarters, I would say. Uh, the first half against Cal, they really struggled, but then they stepped it up that second half. And this last game, they were, they were fine. And I'm, I'm not worried about Florida Atlantic. I'm, I'll, I'll go out there. They, they put up 49 points on UAB. Who cares? It's UAB. I'm not worried. Yeah, the quarterback threw for 325 yards, three touchdowns. The running back had 138 yards. That's all nice. They put up a lot of offense. They also gave up 482 yards. Yeah, I mean, you look at it. He only, the running back Pierre. He only had 13 carries. You know, look yeah, at that. And a, it's just it's just big t- touchdowns. Just yeah, big, just wide open plays. Basically, it's gonna be a different story. They come in here on Saturday. I'm not sure what time the game is. Noon. Noon. Another noon game. And it's going to be a totally different atmosphere. I think this team's ready to roll, and the, the support that our team has right now—it was ridiculous. Oh, the student section was just phenomenal. I looked back; I, they showed the student section from panned out on the big screen. I was like, "Are you kidding me? This was amazing!" You know, three years ago, what was the size of the student section? You know, it gets bigger every year. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. And just the support behind this team, Mark D'Antonio stressing—you know—we unite together, and that's the thing. You know. The students get going, then you know when you know that gets the team going. When the team's playing well, the rest of the crowd gets going. You know that go green, go white with the whole stadium is just it just brings chill to everybody, you know, especially me in the student section. Yeah, it was great, and hopefully, I mean, just build on this one. Then we have who's after that? Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Notre Notre Dame, Dame. Michigan. This this week, this Florida Atlantic game is a gear up, a tune up for the Notre Dame game. Notre Dame won their first game. You don't know how good they actually are. They had really you know, you really don't know. They're going to play Michigan this week right. at home. To, so. <laughs> a game that used to be really good. Used to be. Now it's who can make less mistakes. Basically. And who's going to start for Michigan? You know, this whole Sheridan. back and forth between Sheridan and three. I mean, I don't know what's I think expected. Sheridan earned the start for next week. I think he, he played pretty he well. He played less bad. Is that is that the, the way to put it? He wasn't. Yeah. He uh, wasn't the worst of the two. I mean, and I watched some of the Notre Dame game too, and I was like, you know, I see, you know, Jimmy Clausen. He's now getting some protection, you know, back there. But the thing is, it's San Diego State. Yeah. And who gave he, him a run for their money? Who that gave him a run good, for the money? And the game. thing is, the running back, he gets great holes in the line, but he cannot make that second level. He was getting hit. The ball. I mean. He went into the pile, fumbled the ball at the two-yard line, cost him a touchdown, and that's what really made the game close. Is Notre Dame was giving up the ball way too much. So, I, I'm anxious to see what these two teams, you know, do against each other, and I can't wait till we play Florida Atlantic, and you know, it's tune up for the big game, September 20th. Javon Ring is going to have a big game against FAU again. They're they're just going to give it to him another thirty five. I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for a day when you come in and say that Javon Ringer is not going to have a big day. <laughs> you know what? Javon Ringer is the best player on the team. He oh, is yeah. the go to guy. So. He is. I'm not. I'm not trying to take anything away from. If him he doesn't at all. carry it at least fifteen, twenty times. Oh, oh yeah, thirty. <laughs> I it, he'll probably be in the twenty five range. I just assume that we'll be up by enough where we'll be able to look at more backs than just. The backup, Andre Anderson. I mean, uh, Ashton Leggett, Ashton AJ Leggett Jefferson, got a, got a they, both, they all got reps too. So yeah. we'll probably see them a little bit more. I wouldn't be surprised if Cousins gets to play a bit more, like probably the whole fourth quarter. And get the get. We've got young receivers that nobody knows about because they've just never played. We do have more than B.J. Cunningham. We've got Fred Smith, Marco. who hasn't even caught a, a pass yet. He, how many plays has he been in? Uh, a handful. He, he's kind of working. Uh, he's got a problem with his weight. He's got to keep right. his weight down. He might. I don't know if they've talked about it, but he might get redshirted if he doesn't. If he doesn't see any time here soon, because what is the first three games you're allowed to play, and then after that you have to make the decision on if they're going to redshirt. There's a certain amount, certain time allowed that you can play. I would say do it because B.J. Cunningham is a redshirt freshman. He was out exactly in the waiting. So. 
put Fred Smith out there as a red shirt and uh, you know save himself a year yeah, because it's not like we're going to get Deion Curry back. He'll be a fourth receiver. Yeah, you know, Blair Keyshawn, White. Yeah, Keyshawn Martin, Blair White. You know, even Keyshawn Martin. It could be. I'm thinking more Fred Smith needs to be redshirted right now than Keyshawn Martin. I think Keyshawn Martin's oh, yeah. ready to play more. Well, I mean, you can just look. Fred Smith. We're just talking. Hasn't made any catches. Hasn't even made an impact on the field. I don't. Maybe he's made one block. He's not important to the team right now. Right now, this season, he's not going to as be important. As far as production. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. production, yeah. And, and the best thing for him would be to redshirt a year, be like B.J. Cunningham, you know, take, accept the fact that, you know, I might not get some play. I'm sitting behind two pretty good receivers right now. I'm um, not really in the mix yet. You know, I'm just a freshman. I'm just starting out. And, you yeah. know, come back next year, and you're going to be one of the guys that's going to be in there all the time. Exactly. And that'll be next year. Just don't want to look ahead too much. I never like doing that, but... We've got all our receivers coming back next year, too. And we've got a pair of uh, amazing running backs coming in, amazing freshman running yeah. backs. So I don't know Larry how much Caper we've talked about Edmund this Baker. recruiting class. It's uh, this, I think we mentioned it way back in the middle of summer. I know I'll be gone next year, but next year's group is, you know, another year for D'Antonio, yeah. and he's gaining the edge. You know, he's really evening out with uh, recruiting in state with Michigan. So. Yeah. Well, it's like we and talked he about scored some this la- these last prospects. couple of times. He's, well, he's some really experts right up. now are saying that some experts, I'm not saying all of them, that they're pegging Michigan State to be at the end, you know, when February comes around, they're going to be a top five recruiting class. We already country. are in the top ten you right know, now it's, with everybody it's, who's verbally committed. And that's that's a, the problem. We don't need anybody to verbally commit and then decommit and then transfer back later well i don't think and i don't think <laughs> no, Dan, nobody Tony. nobody in mind there <laughs> he might but, be redshirted or, or and i don't think antonio right goes up after those guys you know he 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 gets the straight for hey you're gonna come play for me or not he wants the answer right then and there you know he, he's not going on this whole you know hey just come play for me just come check us out and you know i don't care what you do you know he yeah, he wants every player that he contacts to come play for michigan state and he and the players know that, and that's why I think he's done such a great job with his next recruiting class. Yep. Now, Michigan State, even with the win, obviously we're still not in the top twenty-five. I wouldn't expect us to be for. We'd have to win our next three games to make it in after losing to Cal, unless we really just manhandle these next two. But one good thing that happened. It's, it's very rare that another team winning is good for us, but Cal. Absolutely destroyed their opponent, and it wasn't like it was a walkover game. It was Washington State, which I'm not, I'm not up to, up to par with the Pac-10. I don't know them that well, but it's a division rival. I mean, Washington State's also in the Pac-10. I, I thought they used to be good. Sixty-six to three. Well, they played Michigan in the Rose Bowl in 1997. It's not like they have a you know terrible pass. They have got some history there, you yeah. know. And, and Javid Best. And the guy who ran all over us rushed for 200 yards and three touchdowns. And as a team, Cal rushed for 391 yards and seven touchdowns. The way they're going right now, Cal could be looking at maybe one loss tops against USC. USC. Yeah. And that one that's loss would be... That's I don't know their be, schedule. Yeah, so... That, that's a team to watch there. I, I know uh, some experts are counting them out, saying that they're too young. They haven't really played anybody. They're overrated. If Best can uh, run like he has the yeah. first two weeks, if, if he keeps doing that, they'll be running towards the Heisman. Yeah. The quarterbacks didn't do hardly anything. They didn't have to. They ran for seven touchdowns. When you do that in a game, it's kind of like what happened with Michigan State. We rushed for six. We didn't need to throw the ball at all. When you're up that big, you just put it on the ground and let the clock tick away. Well, I'm looking at the Cal schedule right now. Paul just made a good point. They, yeah, they really only might lose one game. Their toughest game is at... USC, you know, they play Oregon at home, they play Arizona State at home, they play, the only other tough game I would see would be Arizona away and Oregon State away. UCLA, and that, that's it. UCLA is a questionable, they they're play, questionable. They play UCLA at home the same weekend we play Michigan, so, you know, you know, that's... UCLA is always, uh... You never know what they're yeah, going to do. Yeah, you just never know, and they had a nice, uh... Terrific, dramatic game last week, and uh, you know they're going to battle through every yeah. game with Rick Neuheisel. That was a great game last week. I forgot about that. Definitely watched that whole thing. Couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe they knocked off Tennessee game. like that. Yeah, so they could miss a field goal. Tennessee missed a field goal to lose that, not to win it, <laughs> to lose it. You got to got to make that point. Field goals to win games. 
surprisingly enough. Now another, there wasn't wasn't as much of a shake up in the top ten of the standings as there was last week with Clemson going down, but Ohio State did drop all the way to fifth. They were, I think, second, second or third. They, they uh, were third. They were third week. last week, and they dropped down to fifth. They won twenty six fourteen over Ohio. Now, of course, Beanie Wells did not play. Jim Trestle took our advice and decided to sit him. And neither did Terrell Pryor, though. I was surprised about that. Terrell Pryor had two throws. That's it. He didn't. They, I don't think. I think he ran the ball a couple times. For because up until the fourth quarter, I was looking at the box score. I was looking at the live game cast. Mm-hmm. And uh, they really weren't getting him involved as much yeah. as I would think they would have in place. The other Wells, Maurice Wells, got a lot of the carries at running back. He he still didn't do too much. They only they only rushed for like a hundred. They ran for 162 yards as a team, and Beckman threw for 110 yards. That's not that's not very On good. Ohio but, defense oh, against Ohio it was a Mac school. It was Mac week for the Big Ten. And with Ohio State's line, that shouldn't happen no. with a max school. Their offensive all the line time is in the be- world. Yeah, exactly. Their offensive line is the best in the nation, one of the best in the nation. And basically, Ohio State, they had a 69-yard punt return late in the fourth quarter with about five minutes left. It really sealed the game for them. I mean, they won. It was just, they won by, what, 12 points? It was It was a lot closer than that. At one point, I think they were... Close to being tied. And you see the reaction in Spartan Stadium when they showed that score where Ohio was beating Ohio State. I mean, oh, it was, everybody was just like, are you kidding me? Yeah, and that was it's not like that was early in the first quarter where Ohio just went down and scored once. That was halftime. Exactly. So it was halftime and well into the third quarter. Yeah. Another game I was looking at closely was Wisconsin against Marshall. Marshall was beating Wisconsin for most of the game, and then Wisconsin got a, a turnover. And they capitalized and went ahead and never looked back. So yeah. Marshall was really in that big, game. But yeah, that, that's misleading score, 51-14. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't see any of that game. There's other games. Uh, U- USC, University of Southern Cal, they sit number one still. I agree with that. They didn't play. No need to move them out of number one. They've just been gearing up for Ohio State. That That game is on Saturday. And two weeks to prepare. Two weeks to prepare. It's the schedule makers love USC. I mean, there's no no other way to say that. Get to play Ohio State at home, and get two weeks to prepare for them. And Ohio State, everyone said it. They looked slow. They just, without Beanie Wells, they just did not look like they had it. I mean, they won. They played okay, but they looked a little sluggish. It kind of gets them out of their. You know, they're usual. They're used to handing off to whoever's back there at running back, and they're running back. Ohio State's usually used to having their running back take most of the workload, and Beckman actually had to hold the ball and make some throws and make some passes. He only threw for 110 yards, and, you know, at halftime, going into halftime, Ohio State was struggling running the ball. So they were just kind of, you know, they're just not used to where they were at at halftime. So, I mean, they kind of... Recovered, but still, they're just used to running the ball so much that going through the air is just not like them. Well, yeah, and then getting back to that game, that matchup next year, I just hope that the schedule works out where I'm able to watch that game. That is one that I will make sure I tune into. It's got to be a primetime game. It's, it's 8 o'clock. Gotta be. Kick, yeah, it's 8, 8 o'clock Saturday. The only, that's the only option they have. And Colin Coward on ESPN Radio was talking this morning. He was saying uh, how the whole nation, I think the... About 70% of the nation is picking USC to win. That's even Ohio State fans, like 70% of them. It's at USC. Yeah, it's at USC. Everyone's picking them to win. He he is going against what America says, mainly because he wants to be different. But he did bring up an okay point. Lots of times, Ohio State, it's going to be a turnover battle. If, if you look at the score and you see that Ohio State has two turnovers, USC doesn't have any, you know that USC is crushing them. Like it's just that's how it works. USC has the skill where they don't have to worry about turning the ball over. If they turn the ball over, they're just like, oh well, we'll get it back next possession and go down and score then. Ohio State cherishes every possession they have because they work the ball so slowly that they're not uh, get the ball and score in three plays type team. Is it too early to say that the winner of this game might pro- be propelled to a national championship game? Oh no, that's one hundred percent accurate. 
I agree. I agree completely. That it's the same thing last year, Ohio State and Texas. And yep. Ohio State won that game. Look where they ended up. I just granted they still have to make it through conference play, of course. But when you can say that you beat another top five team early on, non non conference game, that's huge. And I mean at the beginning of the season, I think almost everybody had these two teams as close to one and two as you can get. If you're going to play a top five team, if two top five teams are going to match up against each other, it better be early because, you know, they're still kind of working out the kinks. If you want to play them later on in the year, if USC Ohio State plays maybe like, you know, the, the week 12. <laughs> week 12. I was going to say week 12. They are, you know, fine tuned, you know, well run, well fueled machines. Oh, yeah. And they've worked out all the kinks by that point, And, you know, they're. They're in the home stretch, so it's rather, it's better to play them early in the year. I think it's better for USC. If they win the game, I think it's going to propel them better than Ohio State because USC's got the schedule that sets up, you know, they could just roll. Ohio State's got some bumps there in the road. If you look at the schedule, they got to go, I think it's at Penn State, at Michigan State. Ohio State um, always has bumps. They've been through the yeah, Big Ten schedule every right. year. They, every... I think Ohio State is the team that's uh, set up better to rebound if they lose. Oh, yeah. if it's not the end of the world for Ohio State if they lose. They can still roll through the Big Ten, go undefeated. And people out there will hate it, not necessarily in Big Ten country, but in the nation. If they're sitting 11-1, and one, they could be right in the national championship hunt, which most people hate to hear. And if Ohio State does lose this game, I think it will be more likely that they'll actually win out the rest of the season and you know to prove themselves and to still be in the national championship picture. So hmm. I think USC and Ohio State could still actually play each other in the national championship past this game. Yep. If you want to call in and get your opinion voiced, ask us a question, we'd love to talk to you out there. Our number here is 432-3893. You're listening to the Spartan Sports Rep on the Impact 89FM. My name is Scott, sitting here with my buddies Phil and Pavel. And we are talking some college football. It was a big weekend in football. NFL got underway. We'll get to that in a little bit. Let's round out the uh, top ten in the AP poll here. USC, we talked about, was number one. Georgia made it back up to number two. They played actually played Central Michigan. Central put up a fight, but not really going to compete against Georgia. And D'Antoni made this comment in his, you know, his post-game press conference. Look at the Mac this week. They played some pretty good teams. You know, look at... Central played number two team in the nation. You've got Ohio playing Ohio in in state rival Ohio State. You know Western played somebody good too. I do Western believe. did they play? I think it's Nebraska. No, they didn't play Nebraska. It was I'm last sure. week. Maybe but they, I, yeah, the they Max played, played some tough teams. Yeah. And they and the thing is they schedule well. That's going to reward them down the stretch. Mm-hmm. I've kind of dogged on the Mac. You know, I've got some friends going to Max schools. You know, saying, "Oh, we could beat Michigan State in our down years." Well, yeah, that may. You know, you get lucky every once in a while. But the thing is, they go out and schedule tough every single year. They're willing to play the big guys. They're not going to come up with these cupcakes schedule like these Division One AA teams. Yep. Well, and the, and the big reason is, is it does great things for their school to be put in the national spotlight. I mean, how often do you see Miami of Ohio on national television? Exactly. It doesn't happen. Since Ben Roethlisberger's been gone, it doesn't happen unless. Well, they're even playing. when he was playing with them, you know, when it was Roethlisberger, I think he was on ABC. I think when they played, I think when they played Michigan a couple of yeah. years ago, when yep. they, and you know, that was the you know first time that they were in the spotlight for himself. And it does a lot for recruiting for the Mac schools because they can actually promote that to their recruits, saying, you know, you want to come here, although we were a Mac school. We'll play an SEC school like Georgia. We'll play some of these top teams. You know, you mm-hmm. want to say that you went to a Mac school, but you did play some of these, you know, top teams. So, yeah. and it's key for these coaches that they say, "Hey, do you want to go sit the bench for them, or do you want to come and start for us?" You know, these yeah. caliber of players, and we'll play those schools. I think my roommate Mike and I we were talking yesterday. They, the small schools, produce some great players. Look at all the NFL quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks. Name somebody who came out of a big-time school and was a starter there for a while. Tom Brady did not start at Michigan. He got beat out by Drew Henson. Only one I can say right Vince off Young. the top of my head is Vince Young and Drew Brees. Drew Mark Brees is Bulger. from Purdue. Drew Brees from Purdue. 
<laughs> West Virginia. Oh, really? Yeah, West Virginia. Mark wow, Bolger. I did not know that one. Well, I mean, you got Donovan McNabb, Syracuse, ran the option there. Yeah, and not an NFL-type system there. You've got Tony Romo out of Eastern Illinois, Ben Roethlisberger out of Miami of Ohio. You have just... Drew Brees, Purdue. Drew Brees, Purdue. You have basically every starter comes from a small school. Derek Anderson from Oregon Chad Pennington, State. Marshall. Yeah, Marshall Division One AA at the time. There's not a lot of big name. You have Carson Palmer from USC. USC. You have Matt Leinart, who got beat out by Kurt Warner, who's from the AFL. I don't even know what college he went to. He's he's from the AFL. <laughs> Arena <laughs> Football League. That's where he graduated from, basically. <laughs> Essentially. There's not... Power, the power football teams do not produce great quarterbacks. They come from these small schools. T.O.'s from a small school. Mm-hmm. Terrell Owens. He's from Tennessee Chattanooga, I do believe. Some, yeah, something, like something, something like that. I mean, look at the Jerry Rice, you know. Where yeah, did Mississippi he come Valley from? State. Mississippi yeah. Valley State, you know. They go there to be the star and to get just special treatment, and they learn the system well. I mean... You go there, if you're a big-time player coming out of high school, you're really good, you go to a small school, you'll probably start for four years. You know, the more the bigger schools in college, big college football schools, you see a lot more NFL guys, big-time schools in college football on defense. You see a lot yeah. of DNs, yes. D-linemen, and a lot of defensive players come from the big-time schools, more than you would see you know, the skill positions and, at quarterback. And offensive linemen also. Offensive yeah. linemen, running backs. You can always, I love when they do the introductions at the beginning of the games and they do the video little things, say your what your name and your school. Yeah. You're always going to see a Big Ten school there. You're always going to see a Big 12 school there for the O-line. SEC, SEC you know, everything. That's, the big hog mollies up front come from those big Midwest areas and things like that. But the small schools... You can't disrespect them that much. There's their skill players. Are, their skill players are pretty, pretty yeah. good. Let's see where we're we? we're rounding out the top ten here. Oklahoma, they moved to number three. They crushed Cincy. Uh, they only the fifty-two twenty-six. That was the that was the game I was thinking. Cincinnati is not is not Mac by any means, but that was the game I was thinking of. Florida moved up to number four. Uh, Ohio State at five. Missouri. They beat up on your SEMO State, 52-3, to and they moved to 6. LSU, their game was postponed due to uh, Hurricane LSU might Gustav. not get any games in this year. They might. They might have to go on the road for all <laughs> of them. It's one hurricane after another. Yeah, it's bad news, the weather situation there. Texas is at number 8. Uh, Auburn at number 9, who I have not heard anything from Auburn. I haven't watched them. I don't. Just doing their stuff. Yeah, just doing just their another job. just another SEC school that's <laughs> really good. And and then uh, Wisconsin rounds out the top ten. So we got two Big Ten schools. But up there. East Carolina, do we mention that? East Carolina. Nope. I was just gonna get there actually. East Carolina. Of course, we talked last week. They knocked off uh, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Tech in the with the blocked punt return for a touchdown. In the Carolina Panthers Stadium in North Carolina. Is that where it was? Yeah, it was Panthers Stadium. Nice. Well, then, so this week they have a harder test, much harder test. They go against Pat White in West Virginia. Pat White threw for five touchdowns last week. We were commenting about how how much he's improved in his passing game. Pat White's numbers on Saturday, 11 for 18 for 72 yards. That's embarrassing. East Carolina won the game. What was it? Twenty-four to three. Three it was, points. It was a shocker. I, I mean, I watched the Virginia Tech East Carolina game the week before. I was like, "Wow, East Carolina's got some talent." They, you know, they're playing right now. And you know, I was watching this West Virginia. I'm like, "Come on, Pat White, do something, do something," and just couldn't get it done. You know, and the thing is, he was doing it by himself. He had really no help. Noel Devine rushed for 94 yards. Pat White ran for 97 on his own. Other than that, they didn't do anything. And this was a team they were ranked number 8 in the nation. You're number 8 and you can only score 3 points. Against Eastern Carolina. Or East Carolina. East Carolina. East Carolina. Who They jumped all the way up to number 14. They're unranked. Ranked. And they're now they're number fourteen in the nation. Well they beat two ranked teams. Two ranked, yeah. They deserve they deserve it. They everyone always talks about your dark horse for a BCS bowl. 
not so much a dark horse anymore. That's more of an in-your-face, you know, we're ready to go undefeated in our league. <laughs> They've got one non-conference game left, and if they can get past that, their conference It's a struggling schedule, NC State team, I do believe. It's, it's either NC State or South Carolina. Their conference it's, schedule can't be FCC that hard. Or ACC team. It's, it's ACC. We talked. ACC is not good. No. I mean, they're, I think the Conference USA... I think East Carolina's East Conference Carolina, USA. Yeah. Yes, they are. The Conference, Conference USA. USA they're going to play. God, I don't even know. I who. think Cincinnati even moved yeah. out of that. They're yeah, big yeah East. Cincinnati and East. South Florida are in Big East yeah. now. So yeah, so you don't even have to worry about UAB's that. UAB's in the Conference USA, who just lost to yeah. Florida so International. I mean, East Carolina could go undefeated. Open up exactly. And I was going to say that. That's what I was there's, on to. Yeah, there's. Everyone looks for your your Hawaii from last year, your Utah from a few years your ago, your Boise State, your Boise Northern States, Illinois from like three like years that. ago. It's East Carolina. It's no longer a surprise when you knock off two teams in the way that they did. That's a pretty big smack in the face, saying, "Uh, we're we're a legit team." Now, there's a few other games. Uh, there wasn't too much too much going on in college football. I mean, the only big other headline that I would say here in Big Ten country, the Big Ten did go eleven and zero on Saturday, really first time in a while. And Minnesota, who was on upset alert against Bowling Green, who beat them Bless a year you. ago, handling them, and Bowling Green was supposed to win the game, they manhandled them. Minnesota, I was impressed. Oh, sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. I was impressed with Iowa. Um, they absolutely thrashed whoever I, I forgot who they were playing, but. Uh, they had 340 yards of offense before halftime. It was incredible. Um, I think they scored like it was like 48 to three. The score was so. I don't know who you're. Yeah, who Florida, 42 to nothing. Florida against Foreign International. 42 to nothing. Yes. Wow. They, yeah. yeah. They just just routed them. And I mean, there was only we have to one... play them here. They come here, but still, you know. They're yeah. showing to be not okay. I mean, there was either. three close games on Saturday in the Big Ten. There was Ohio State, Michigan, and then Northwestern Duke, the revenge game <laughs> of last year. The I revenge can't believe game. Northwestern won that game, twenty-four ten. I can't believe anyone would be close to Duke. Who Duke won their first game of the season? Who knows who they played? But nobody cares about Duke. They're not even that good in basketball anymore. Yeah, that's right. I said it. <laughs> I, I said it. You know what? <laughs> Mike, this like just gives fuel to Mike Shashevsky because he brings in a top five class every uh, single he, year. So he can go take his gold medal and <laughs> stew in the ACC. I, we'll we'll get we'll get more towards that as basketball season rolls around. I'll share my feelings on that. Lions, Detroit Lions. <whistles> yeah, they play. And you yesterday. feel strongly about that, don't you? Nan? Yes. Do you want to auction off your, uh, I your am. football loyalty like I am. this one guy did? That is exactly <laughs> I might not auction it, but I am just I am open to finding a new team to support. I turned on the Detroit Lions game. Might might have been falling asleep a little bit. I turned it on, I saw I knew we were playing the Atlanta Falcons, which basically Atlanta has been the punchline of everybody's joke for the last two years. And Michael Vick in jail. You drafted Matt Ryan, who most people don't think is very good. Finished last place in the league last year. They really don't have anything. They came in and crushed the Detroit Lions. The Falcons were probably like, when the schedule came out, thank you for giving us the Detroit oh, Lions. It's, wow. it's the best opener. Why Detroit always opens against a terrible team. It's just like the laughing joke because a couple of years ago they opened against Seahawks. Oakland. They opened against the Seahawks too last year. Well, yeah. like when we drafted Charles Rogers, we played the Arizona Cardinals. We thought, oh, we're going to steamroll. We won the game, but what happened? Charles Rogers broke his collarbone, out for the year, and now he is no longer with the Lions. The yeah. curse of the first game against a terrible well, team. Well, the first game last year, wasn't that the field goal game against the Seahawks? It was like. Nine to six or nine nine. Oh, and then, it might have been. Yeah, and they lost, and they ended up losing it. It was an overtime. Well, this game, Atlanta came out, and they had a twenty-one to nothing lead after at, in the first quarter. I went outside at that point. I I didn't watch it. <laughs> I did not watch it. I turned it on. I saw Matt Ryan complete his first NFL pass for a sixty-two yard touchdown to Michael Jenkins, and went, well, the Lions are done. That was in their first possession, the third snap of the game. Matt Ryan, who I don't think is going to be a good NFL quarterback, who 
I don't I don't think he was that good in Boston College. I don't he he could prove me wrong. It's tough for young quarterbacks to do. He got well. lucky in that bowl game. That's all I have exactly. to say. He played us. He, he did not impress me when he played us. And I think that our secondary did better in the bowl game last year than the Lions did against him today or yesterday. Excuse me. Once it was twenty-one-zero, my roommate woke up from his his nap. Kind of, he slept through the horrible part, and we both looked at the screen and said, "Well, time to find a new team." So, and I'm, I've been a Lions fan my whole life. I watch them every Sunday. I don't know why I do it, but I do every Sunday. I turn on their game. You know, you don't have to worry about it being a Monday game because they're too bad every year to get Monday <laughs> night football. Every Sunday, I turn it on. I watch Joey Harrington start for too many games. I've watched Charlie Batch. I've watched Scott Mitchell. I remember Rodney Pete. That was the good times, if you will. <laughs> I've, I've, been, I've been through it, and I'm done. Yeah. I saw Michael Turner rush for 220 yards against the Detroit defense. 22 rushes, 220 yards, two touchdowns. Can I suggest a different team? Yes. I am open to suggestion of which team I should follow. Let's, let's play this game. You suggest a team here? Do you have a team in mind? Uh, I'm not really suggesting a team. Maybe, you know, I'm a Detroit Lions fan, too. I'm a lifer. I'm going to stick with them. You know, I can. that means, you know, I've weathered the storm through the Tigers. I've weathered the storm through the Red Pistons Wings. with their teal days. Pistons. <laughs> I've weathered every storm. And it seems that they've come around at some point in my life. I, Hopefully, I don't see when I'm 50, I can say I've seen the Detroit Lions in the playoffs again. But well, you know, who knows? It, it never well, happened. You, but can, you can summarize the last 50 years of playoffs for the Detroit Lions. 1992, they won one game. Yep, they, that's their that's only it. victory. But the thing is, I seen John Kenna come off the sideline just screaming yesterday. And that's the thing. And he was their screaming was at just... Drew Stanton, the guy who was wearing just a headset. And they were, I'm like, he was fighting with offensive coordinators, with the quarterbacks coach, with the head coach. Kenna was? Yeah. If Rod Marinelli was, was actually a head coach, which I don't think of him a head coach at all. I don't know who's our head coach now. Mike Martz used to be our head coach. He used to be our head coach. <laughs> Rod Marinelli <laughs> is not a head coach. He is a defensive line coach. He's the that, coordinator. Yeah. Not even I wouldn't even say that. His play calling is not even that great. But you come off the sidelines screaming at other players. If I was a coach, I would say, you're out, Orlovsky's in, Stanton's in, whoever. I don't care. You don't act like that. The thing that happens when players start arguing, yeah, Kitten is our captain. He's the quarterback. He's the leader. If you're going to start arguing like that, what's to say that Calvin Johnson isn't going to start yelling at other players saying he wants That's to That's what turns him into T.O.'s, what turns him into Chad Johnson's. Hey. Don't you know, know. I not think, Ocho Cinco. I'm not knocking them. I'm just saying their personality. They're great football players. I think they went wrong with hiring you know, Rod Marinelli. I think they should have hired a guy who was well-established as a head coach, Norv Turner. They should, could have hired him. He, you know, He's an offensive mastermind. He's an offensive coordinator right now. Could have hired him. Um, I don't know who else is out there right now. Um, Jim Fossil used to coach the Giants. I mean, he's out there. But you get a well-established guy, not a guy who's... Is this his first, Marinelli's first head he coach position? He wasn't even a defensive coordinator yeah, or I, offense coordinator before. He was a defensive You hire a guy coach. you've never heard of. Just like my Rams hired Scott Linehan, I've never heard of. And my Rams are in the same boat. I mean, yes, we were pathetic are. last year, and we got embarrassed 38-3. to Even worse than yes, the Lions that is true. last week. So I might be looking for a new team to root for as well. I'll open it up to the, the callers. I am, like I said, open to suggestion of a new team. I know there's people who are going to argue that I should stay faithful to Detroit. No. I'm I'm done. I am done with the Detroit Lions. If you want to call in, suggest a team to follow and I'll I'll listen to your arguments and then I'll uh, make my pick. 432-3893. I'd love to hear what you have to say. We've got got the scoreboard going from the day the previous day yesterday's game this week. We'll include New York in there. Not a lot of teams. The thing is, I was thinking earlier today, thinking to myself, well, what team, well, who am I going to support? I've always been a fan. Do you want an AFC of, or an NFC team? Uh, well, either or. It doesn't matter to me. I've always liked Indianapolis. I've liked Peyton Manning. I like him. But they lost. They got handled. Peyton was kind of hurt. They got smoked by the Bears. Who? Bears. Surprising. Surprising team. Look for them in, in the uh, 
NFC North. <laughs> you have you have a suggestion? The Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles. I, <laughs> I, you don't like hearing that, I can tell. I, but, I don't. Uh, I've just never Donald McNabb is uh, out to prove that he's back. Yeah, he was injured last year. And uh, they got Brian Westbrook, who's playing incredible. So Westbrook and McNabb, and they've got a great defense. That's true. All right, we have a caller in here who's hopefully giving me a good team to root for. Caller, what's up? What's your name? Hey, uh, this is Lyle. I just uh, heard you a few minutes ago, and I, too, have uh, suffered through the heartbreak of the Detroit Lions. And I am 50, man. It, they broke <laughs> they my heart year in, year off. Uh, I suggest Chicago. They're Chicago? Close. And it's a great town, and it's not too far from uh, the great campus of MSU. That is true. Thank you very much for your call there, Lyle. Good luck. Thanks. That is, that is a great point. I, I, that's my second team if I root for anybody else's Chicago teams. I, You know, this the St. Louis guy over here, I know. Can't root for Chicago. There, there are a lot of Bears fans from the west side of the state. And there is, and choice. you know. I'm the only one team I will not root for in Chicago. Oh, I guess two teams, the White Sox and the Blackhawks. And that's that's the I, teams. It's I gonna be tough. For. Uh, tough for me to pick another NFC North team. That's that's the one problem that I have. And if the team, it would be an obvious choice for me. If Brett Favre didn't leave, it'd be the Packers, without a doubt. I I used to root for them anyways, but he's gone. I'm not sold on rooting for the Jets yet. It, but if you, I could beg a differ. I think I I think I like the Jets now. I think I do. I think Favre really proved that he still has got it, and they made a lot of veteran acquisitions this offseason, and I think they've got an amazing defense. And starting safety, Eric Smith, ex-Michigan State guy. So they did. They made a lot of moves on that line. They brought in, uh, was it, Alan Fanica and Damian Nick Mangold. Nick Mangold out of Ohio State's their center. He's good. They've got they've got running back. They got the Brickashaw Ferguson. Yeah. Um, they, yeah, Lavernius Coles. All right, Phil just found out uh, Minnesota is up 3-0 in the opening Monday night football game. Minnesota wins, Green. Adrian Peterson. He is having a big game right now. He's got six uh, rushing attempts for 65 yards. Uh, his long, he's got a long of 34 yards. He needs wow. to save it for my fantasy team next um, week. <laughs> passing is not much from any team. Green Bay is kind of... Uh, Rodgers out had 16 their, yards. They did have a kind of a long drive in the first couple, but it's in the 313, uh, 13-35 left in the second quarter, Minnesota 3 nothing. Now, Phil, you went, you said you thought the Packers were going to win, right? I did. Pablo, you're going Vikings, right? I like the Vikings. Uh, what, their starter, Tavares Jackson, he's in his second year now. He had a you know first year to learn from his mistakes. And uh, it's always a good sign when you got Adrian Peterson probably emerging as one of the best in the league. I'm still, I will not put him up there. Yes, he's a very good back. He had a very good year last year. Do it again this year, and I'll give you a lot more respect. He, it's tough for him. I, he's got a very good offensive line tonight. I, I was gonna go with the Packers before the game started. I think Aaron Rodgers has a lot to prove. He really wants to win this game for him. And also, Bryant McKinney, left tackle for Minnesota. He's Minnesota. suspended for one game. That should really hamper Adrian Peterson. Granted, he's already run for 65 yeah, yeah, yards, yeah, yeah. so I might not be correct on that one. Uh, and the, but the thing is, why I'm picking the pack, when they play Monday night games and they play these night games at Lambeau Field, some freak always happens. They come back, win the game. It's called you know. Brett Favre. You know, it's called Brett Favre. Favre. It's called Brett Favre. You know, whatever. Wikipedia I still that. think Brett Favre Monday night. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and that was the whole thing with John Men too. But I just think you know the pack. You know, for my good friend up in the Escanaba, Michigan, Chris, Chris Perryman, the fan of the Green Bay Packers. You know, you know, I'm still pulling for him. I hope they do um, good things with Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback, and he is their quarterback, as Mike McCarthy says. Yeah. Well, I'm still sitting here trying to find a new team to support. I can't, I mean, then I also, I like San Diego. They they did not play well at all. Oh, did you see the end of that game? That was phenomenal. Jake DeLome made a pass, completed last second touchdown pass to win the game 26-24. Well, the pump faked everybody out on defense, including the cameraman on no, TV. I've already saw it. The cameraman just followed into the end zone. Oh, wait, didn't throw the ball. And then, you know, yeah. think, you know, great catch in the end zone by the receiver. 
if if somebody else out here there has another another suggestion, Lyle had a good one with the Bears. I like the, I love the city of Chicago. It's a great great place to go. The Bears are okay. I like their defense. I like Brian Urlacher. I always support good defensive teams. I can't pick the Bears. I'm sorry, Lyle. What about the Saints? The Saints. Reggie Bush, electric. This Drew Brees, pretty good at quarterback. They've got some amazing receivers. Marcus Colston, Devery Henderson. They've got some great guys. And they still got Deuce McAllister, don't they? Yes. He's Absolutely. just injured. He uh, had surgery that blew out his ACL last year, maybe. He did something. Something big. And, and they've got a great defense as well. they got McKenzie back there. They the do. Dreads, ex-Packer. Yep. So that's That's not a bad choice. Then, of course, my heart wants me to go with, I was watching, instead of watching the Lions yesterday, turned it on, the uh, Miami Dolphins and New York Jets game was on, which I, I would have wanted to watch without Detroit playing anyways. I wanted to see Brett Favre play. I wanted to see Chad Pennington play against his old Jets, take his whole scouting report, his whole book down there, and watch Jake Long play. He had a couple penalties. Yes, he's from Michigan. I don't know. People might not realize he's from Lapeer. I'm from Lapeer. We grew up together. I cheer for him. Get over it. And Miami lost the game 20 to 24. Brett Favre won. He had a basically tossed up a grenade, just launched a ball up in the air, caught for a touchdown. Which everyone's always said that that's lucky. That that's gonna catch up to Brett Favre. Well, it's not because he's been playing for 18 years and still doing it, and it still works. He's got the gridiron gods on his side. He does. That's the whole reason Brett Favre is Brett Favre, because (laughs) stuff like that always happens. It does. Um, I'm going to name my son Brett Favre and have the gridiron gods on him now. (laughs) There you go. Uh, Just a little update from Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers completed a 56-yard pass down to the four-yard line in his first and goal Green Bay pack. There you go. Greg Jennings, Western Michigan. There you go. There's another one. Greg Jennings. Greg Jennings. I need him to have a big night. If Brandon was here, he'd be be dogging me. My fantasy football team did not live up to my expectations in week one. I think I had uh, my receivers score a total of one point. It's Wes Welker. Fumbled the ball and cost me everything. (laughs) <laughs> Wes Welker had a bad game, and there's a reason. I don't know if anybody has tuned in to anything that deals with sports or any news channel, anything. I'm sure they heard today. There's some it was big on news. <laughs> it's been on everything. Tom Brady is out for the whole season. He's placed on injured reserve today, and we were arguing about this before the show started. And he was hit. Midway through the first quarter, he took a shot from a D lineman who was rushing the quarterback. He kind of got tangled up with an O lineman. Won't say he was held just yet. Won't say anything, anything more about it right now. Brady threw the ball. He was going deep down the right sideline. He had his left leg extended. D lineman hit it. Kind of, I think, got his helmet on the knee more and kind of bent it in. MRIs yesterday this morning. Tom Brady placed on injured reserve. Now, the way injured reserve works, you're still with the team, but you're not. You don't take up a roster spot. He's not allowed to come back this season. Now they're allowed to sign other quarterbacks. Word on the street is they are going to try out Chris Sims, former Buccaneer. former quarterback of the Buccaneers, and Texas. journeyman Tim Rattay. Who, both those guys, they'll be backups to. Matt Castle. Matt Castle finally gets to make a start. He's he's going to be the starter next week. This kid hasn't started a game, a football game since his senior year of high school. Not many people See? know it. he was out. He's out of USC. Yeah, he backed up Carson Palmer and backed up Matt Leinart, two Heisman Trophy winners. Yes. Hey, good things come out of USC. <laughs> Put him as a starter. Uh, he he did okay, he did all right. He, he threw, threw for a touchdown. Beautiful, some beautiful passes. Yeah. He threw he's one to Randy bad. Moss. Beautiful. Yeah. And what they're saying passes. is he's the starter for sure because that offense is so complex that it takes four months to learn. Now, I don't know too many quarterbacks who <laughs> – there's not really four months left in the season anymore once the season starts to come back. Another quarterback who some people have said, and I've said, who oh, he's done, I didn't – just kind of amongst my friends. Dante Culpepper, recently retired. 
I don't think he's a good quarterback. He did. He played horribly in Oakland. But go back and look at his numbers. He had people argue he had some of the greatest seasons ever. That is true. He held the touch single season touchdown record for one season. Peyton Manning broke it, and Tom Brady obliterated it. He, it I think it was back in what ninety nine or oh one. Those, it was 0-1 uh, when they played 0-1. the Giants. 0-1. In the, and they went they went 15 and 1 in 99. Yeah, in 99 lost, lost to the Atlanta Falcons. Lost to the Giants. No, in 99 oh, uh, they 99. lost to the Falcons oh, to yeah. Jamal Randy Anderson lost. and the Dirty Bird. Don't mess with the bird. But if you go back, then he left. He went out of Minnesota. He needs Randy Moss. Mm-hmm. That was his problem. The two he didn't do well. With Randy Moss. Randy Moss can catch a ball from anybody. Dante Culpepper can only throw to Randy Moss. It's just an option. I but, don't think it'll but happen. Didn't Culpepper and Moss kind of not get along? They had a little turmoil there? I'm sure they did. Because Donovan, or uh, excuse me, Dante Culpepper, he's a very uh, strong willed person and very hard headed. I mean, the reason he had to retire, he's been in the league nine years, and he retired, he's his own agent, and he couldn't promote himself well enough. That's just. He thinks he's better than what he was, was basically what happened. Yeah, but, I mean, how many good years did he have in Minnesota? Since then, he's been uh, basically bouncing four. around. Yeah, he went to Miami, to get, went to Oakland. Trying to find a steady spot somewhere, and, you know, nobody really has expressed the interest in him. You're right. He he's claims kinda, that he might have been, he's kind of backwards, kind of made a backwards claim that he's been blackballed by the NFL. Don't know how true that is. He has a cannon, but, you know, yeah. he used to be mobile in Minnesota, but now he, uh He's kind of gained some weight. He's beefed up, and uh, I don't think he's that as mobile anymore in the pocket. There, I think he'll rather rather step back and pass it. Phil Phil just put his hands up. I'm and assuming that's for touchdown. Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers one yard pass to Kyle Hall of the Green Bay Packers. I'm going to assume Hall's a tight end or something. I believe he now, is. We are running low on time. Of course, the main point there: Tom Brady is out for the whole season. That just the AFC is wide open. Now you have a good Buffalo team, and Brett Favre could be back in the playoffs. I was just about to say that the New York that opens up the door for the New York Jets to take that division, and I think it's theirs to lose. So, uh, Brett Favre, go ahead. It's yours to take. I'm going to argue Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills are a good team. You don't Marshawn ever hear Lynch. about them because Marshawn they're in Lynch. Buffalo. And the only thing people remember about Buffalo is nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> now, you know what, Trent Edwards is not I don't like him. I don't I, I don't think they've, he's they've that got great a great quarterback. Now, we've had over this last week we had some more MSU sports going. I actually made it out to the home opener of the brand new field over there for the women's soccer team. I watched them just tear apart Eastern Michigan and won 3 zip. They're now 5-0. and They've had four straight shutouts. That uh, ties the school record. You've got Lindsey Reg, who's just doing phenomenal in goal. And you have, of course, the freshman, freshman phenom, who I can't say enough about, Laura Habor. She scored two goals in the game I watched. She had a breakaway where she just made the goalkeeper look silly in the game I saw. You have Lauren Hill, who's the other striker, just going nuts. But probably the best per- player on the team is junior midfielder Lauren Sinicola. She's just been going going nuts. She stops every play, and she sets up every play. She has great passing and great, just a great midfield play. Are there rankings for women's soccer? Um, there probably are, but, but I'm not sure. Now, there are a few other games going on. We had... Women's volleyball. I said they lost all three games of the original tournament. They came back. They won the Delaware Invitational over the weekend. They beat Syracuse, Delaware, and somebody else. They only lost one set. Makes me feel a lot better about that team. I didn't realize they only have one senior coming back this year. I know we watched them go very deep into the tournament, but they are the Delaware Invitational winners. And number seven recruiting class that came in this year. You know, yeah. Look at the, they had, the talented their setters freshmen. freshmen. Yep, and you know Vanessa King returned. She's a starter last year. You know, earned the MVP honors. Um, yeah. they've got some great games coming up this weekend. You know, they play Friday. They have the Spartan Invitational Spartan this weekend. Spartan Invitational. They play a lot of matches this weekend. And what's coming up is new to the 
volleyball this year, they're playing two games in Breslin this year, Ohio State. Oh, that's and really cool. And one against Michigan, too, Of as course, well. we have men's soccer. They split. Uh, they're they're doing all right. They're not, not quite up to the par with the women's soccer team yet, but they'll pull it around. This week, we have men's soccer plays Buffalo on Friday, and then women's soccer plays Western Michigan. You can probably catch both games of those right back-to-back. Cross country is at home. We have the Spartan Invitational. Men's tennis is at Indiana. Then, of course, we have football. Florida Atlantic at noon. And then more women's soccer, men's soccer, field hockey, golf, tennis, all going. should support all your MSU teams. We do here. We hope that you do. And thank you for tuning in. It's been a great hour. We have Chris with the Jazz Spectrum up next playing all your favorites, or at least his favorite tunes. And that's really all that matters. Thanks for tuning in for Pavel and Phil. See you next time. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89FM.